This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, man? Hey, I swear I don't pick out the losses for you. I know, man. This was pretty, this was, you hit me up earlier today, so this was, this wasn't like a... You know, this wasn't like a hey they lost, let's get Mike thing. Well, this was yeah. this was this was predetermined. Feels like it's turning into like have Mike talk people off the ledge here. <laughs> I guess. I mean I I I mean I this one felt a little bit different than maybe the Dalers of the world and yeah. the Mizzou's of the world, but I mean I think uh, I, I definitely have a lot to <laughs> to say about it. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, another late night version, and with Joey and Derek working at the Breslin Center, me back at home. I actually hit him up earlier in the day. Um, so M- Michael Tulip has been the one to talk Illini fans off the ledge a little bit, um, but I, I didn't plan on that. Um, the last time we had him on was it was a nice win for Illinois, uh, but here we are, Illinois with a loss. It's first in more than a month. That's the perspective here. The perspective is it's Michigan State, who's expected to be a lot better than they are this year, and I, I think they're starting to show uh, that maybe they are, uh, but a, a disappointing loss nonetheless, 81-72, to 72, and Illinois missed plenty of opportunities early in the game, late in the game, free throws were ugly. But Michael Tulip, um, good after good evening, I guess. And uh, this is a tough one because when when you're this good and you're playing for these things late in the year, a loss like this is really stings. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I, I'm not even sure where to start uh, when it comes to digesting this game and how it all went down. I, I just watched Baylor uh, squeak one out against 0 and 13 in the Big 12 Conference, Iowa State. Hmm. Uh, I was almost kind of hoping that they would lose that game so I could come in with a little more ammo, uh, you know, to this podcast. But first things first, I thought, I thought from the beginning of the game, and this tends to happen with teams as you get to that final stretch of the season where things are really starting to materialize and it's, Hey, you know, we, we see the big 10 standings chance to win a big 10 title. Um, you know, maybe a one seat on the line. And teams can kind of go one or two ways with that. And, and I think, and I, I do think for the most part that Illinois, uh, you know, they're poised and they understand what's at stake. But I thought there were moments tonight where, where they looked a little tight. Uh, I'll be honest. Like it's, and, and part of that is, you know, it's, it's still Michigan State. Um, it's, there's still Tom Izzo on the sideline. Um, you know, and, and I thought there were certain, there were certain reactive moments uh, you know, I thought Kofi was elsewhere tonight. Yeah. Uh, I really did. I thought there were a couple moments and, and the telltale sign for me with, when I say that is when there are rebounds that go off the rim that shoot by your face with you, without even you even really noticing it or putting your hands up, that's when I kind of start to question it. 
and then I thought when he had the you know the the dunk to get him going in the first half, it's just he just happened to get foul trouble and, and come out of the game. But um, but look, Michigan State was I thought they were tremendous defensively uh, in really shrinking the floor and being in gaps, and I thought that bothered Io, um, really bothered Io, and it was it, it was almost reminiscent of the way that Baylor was able to play um, was able to play Io. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was six for eighteen in that game too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I look at that and I look at I, I look at a few guys on the perimeter. Obviously, Trent's ready to shoot the ball. Uh, I want to see that from DeMonte. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and say that he's just he's just going to hold on to the ball for the rest of the year and, and finish with, you know, 56 percent from three or whatever he's at. Um, but they need him in those moments. I think when you're a team that I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. Uh, you know, Illinois is shooting 39 percent from three roughly 39 percent from three on the year good for whatever is top 15 in the country but they don't take a lot yeah uh you know so so when you're behind like illinois was tonight which i'm trying to go back in my head and think if there's been a game this year where they've been down like that um baylor comes to mind where there was kind of that stretch but this was like a sustained you know 10 to 15 back to 10 back to 12 14 and I felt that the, you know, everyone was shooting with a little bit more pressure. Yeah. Um, and, and then in, di- in addition to that, this team, the way that they're built from, from the perimeter, uh, they take good threes. But when you're in a comeback effort, you either are going inside to Kofi or you need to be ready to shoot it from the perimeter. And, and I thought that the, a lot of guys weren't ready to do that. And then the last, the last point that I'll make before we, re- we, really, we really start getting into the nuts and bolts here. Yeah. I thought I thought there were a couple guys tonight for Illinois that just that just kind of lost their poise, and, and it was really and it was really the first time that I'd seen that from someone like Kofi and someone like Io, um, where they were visibly frustrated. I think the physicality, um, I think the physicality frustrated them. Uh, there were a lot of calls that you know, they were letting them play for sure. Um, and and Jeremy, you know, you know, I I I, I always have the Scott Nagy saying, of, yeah. Uh, you know the ones that are complaining about the refs are typically the ones getting their butts kicked, and I thought that was, to a degree, that was the that was the same. You know, that was the same thing tonight. Where, yeah, the refs weren't great, but we were still getting punked in a ton yeah. of different aspects of the game. Uh, the Demonte, you know, the guy losing the ball off his own leg and then off the ref. Like I don't know how you missed that. Uh, I'm glad they got the IO call right, but even then, I I think that it's a completely different game. If Io can connect on those two free throws, and they can get a bucket, because yep. um, I believe what that would cut it to six, right? Yeah, it would cut it to six with was, several minutes left. Yeah, right. And I, and I think all I was looking for as I'm sitting there is, I I don't think there was a moment in the game, and I think if you got it to six, if you got it to a two possession game, I think it would have, it, it, you would have seen Michigan State get a little tight. Because they were just they they looked so free offensively, and Illinois was getting so spread out defensively that it almost felt like towards the end, and, and you see it right, like Aaron Henry. Aaron Henry gets the switch; he's got Kofi on him, and when he goes goes by him, there's no one in the zip code, and it's almost this mentality of guys start getting a little closer to their guy. Yes, you want to deny the ball and, and amp up pressure a little bit, but you still want to be in gaps. And I thought guys were getting a little bit closer to their guy because they're like. I don't want to be the one to get scored on here, yeah. um, you know. You know to 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 push this lead even further. So 
those are just kind of, I guess, as I'm just going off the top of my head, just some quick hitters there. But, but the reality is, and I always, I always hear this, right? Like when everybody says, well, well, they needed, you know, they needed a wake up call. They needed a loss. I don't really subscribe to that, um, you know, to that notion, you know, if if they played really, really, really well and just happened to, you know, not quite get it at the end, then you can say, Hey, okay. Yeah. Maybe they needed that wake up call. You know, we still, you know, there were, you know, there were things that, that we did extremely well tonight. Yeah. I thought tonight, I mean, you got to make free throws. You know, there were, there were some dumb fouls. Uh, and, and I think Kofi has to get to the point as dominant as he is down low. I mean, he's got two assists in big 10 play at some point, you know, I actually like Kofi if he's got two guys on him down there, but once it gets to three, four, like guys, I mean, guys are wide open. Yeah. So it, it's, that's those are kind of just off the top of my head the quick hitters and um but yeah i mean it's, it's kind of just you know it's on in nebraska yeah well let, let me hit on this because i do think they were rattled right it, it was clear yeah. and i think kofi was really rattled and hey he was he was played physical but a team like michigan state that's what they have to do they i mean they have long athletic guys they got a lot of guys mm-hmm. they can throw at him, but they just don't have somebody like Kofi. Nobody does. And they kind of showed other teams how you can do it. Now, not every team is going to be able to slow him down, but he was visibly frustrated. Io, as you said, I thought was visibly frustrated at times. Georgie, we know he can be that way, and he certainly was uh, tonight. I thought Adam Miller was taken to school by by an old school guy in Josh Langford, who's just, what, four years mm-hmm. older than him. Um, but but I do think they were rattled tonight. And, and Mike, I'm I'm wondering as you look at these losses, am I is this too easy for me to go at? But like Missouri, they're long and physical, right? Like Rutgers is long and physical. Uh, Maryland, Ohio State, and now Michigan State. I feel that way. Baylor is actually not that long, but they're obviously a physical right. good team. Um, is there something to that? Because when you when you think of March, you think of matchups. Is there something about these long physical teams, especially I think two through four, right? That that is bothering Illinois, or is is this just they played a bad game and a and a team that's not Nebraska, that's not Northwestern, beat them? I think it's a combination. I think you're exactly right uh, when it comes to length and when it comes to not only when you when you mix length with teams that are so good in that pack line defense, that's when it becomes extremely difficult. Uh, Iowa's the head of the snake. And if he can't get clean turns downhill, it, it, it just makes it a little bit difficult because the rest of the guys in the starting lineup outside of Kofi, as you know, I, there's not a lot of size. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of height. Uh, even when you come off the bench, you know, you think about, yeah, you got Coleman Hawkins in there, you got Georgie, but those guys aren't going to necessarily play make. And, 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 yeah, I thought there weren't a ton of angles to make great passes tonight. Um like a lot of these passes were just kind of these skip passes over the head, you know, two players away to, to Trent Frazier, who, who lines up a three. Uh, but I thought what Michigan state also did tonight is, you know, for as good as Trent is shooting the ball and as good as Adam Miller is shooting the ball. I thought, I thought they put the ball on the ground too much. Um, if I'm being honest, like, yeah. and, and it got them into trouble at times. And, and, you know, I, I thought Curbelo turned, it's almost like the, the frantic pace at the end of the game, really the last 10 minutes of the game, is the reason why Curbelo just was running wild um, and playing extremely well. So that's something that I – if you want to look at a positive in the game, I mean, you talk about some atrocious turnovers that he had, Curbelo had when he came into the game. 
you know, he at least he at least finished the game on a high note, and and he was flying around. He was getting a ton of offensive rebounds, and at least keeping balls alive. Um, so that's a positive. But but going back to your point, your initial point, these teams that have length, I think yeah, for one, it bothers the guards, but I think it it bothers Kofi. Um, you know, and, and and there's not as many angles. I thought Michigan State's ball pressure was tremendous tonight, and that's another thing where you aren't making as clean of passes that are into the post that are getting Kofi deep uh, for him to just turn around and, and and put these Michigan State defenders in a compromising position. I thought those passes were, first of all, there were, there were so many passes that were low and at his ankles and at his knees. Um, it's the old fake a pass to make a pass. And if you can if you can make a pass into Kofi, it has to be at the numbers mm-hmm. or even at his face. And that way he can just turn and catch because when it's already a pack line defense, and you're throwing it into Kofi, you know, and you bring it low. Those guys are already there to swipe. Like it's they're already packed in so much, where that bothered him, and we know he's not going to kick it out. Um, and then it was almost like I think Illinois fans are sitting there like, God, I hope he doesn't get fouled because he wasn't shooting well from the free throw line either. And I thought that was all a product of when you. It's really really hard to settle yourself on the free throw line when you're frustrated. And I thought that was this. It was. It happened with Io. It happened with Kofi. Kofi is like it was like this whole. You know, he get fouled, and then you can see he's like, oh, like finally, like I'm getting calls, and um, and then he slammed the ball on the ground that one time. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he slammed the ball down. I, I was I was sitting there with my fiance. I was like, he's he's not making this free throw because you're so you can't be tense when you're shooting at the free throw line. And I saw Io a couple times try to calm himself, but. You know, it, it's tough when you're coming out of timeout, and and I just thought they were just they were on their heels all night. It was weird. I mean, they got off to a five. They're up five nothing. Io gets just a completely uncontested fast <laughs> break dunk, and I think you're sitting there like, okay, well, you know. And then I, I'm watching the the shots that Michigan State are they're taking. I think I tweeted it. I was like, they're not going to beat you with twelve foot floaters all night, right. and I think I was wrong because they kind of <laughs> did. Um, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why, you know, Aaron, I get Aaron Henry's he's, you know, for, for being a lefty, he's more dangerous with his right hand around the rim, but we, but they kept giving him his left hand. I, he kept catching it on the baseline and it was almost like they were opened up and, and there's different principles. Every, every team has different principle, like a right state. If you got beat baseline, you, you automatically came out of the game because you always want to force, force the, the, the dribbler back into the defenders, back into the help. And there were so many times tonight where not it was and it was a domino effect because you had a guy you had Aaron Henry ripping with his left hand downhill baseline. And like I said, I thought Kofi was on another planet tonight and he was just late recovering and, and being that bottom guy to help. And he was either late and fouled or he just didn't get there and they were laying the ball in. So or the worst thing that you can do, the Mitchell Robinson, if you will, uh, Mitchell Robinson, New York Knicks center blocks a ton of shots he blocks you know two and a half shots a game but also three times a game he misses blocks and who's boxing his guy out no one and they're laying it in and that happened two or three times a night when Kofi was going for blocks so I I know I'm just I'm all over the place I hate when Kofi goes for blocks but I I can't stand when Kofi goes for blocks because he doesn't need to all he's got to do is is stand up get vertical and he influences shots, and that's better than a than a, blo- a shot block oh, sometimes. Yeah, also, all you got to do is if Kofi's in the vicinity, and, and you know you have to go all out and try to block it, and then and then two on the same 
uh, I was I was going to tweet this tonight, but I thought I'd just save it for the podcast. And because this is something that I talked about when I was coaching um, this past summer, because we were going through film, right? And I look around the room, and I and this is the Trent Frazier foul on the three. Was it a foul? Was it not a foul? I don't know. But when you contest a three like that, and you're a little bit late getting around the screen, and that guy stops, like I always, I asked the, I sat there and I asked the room. I go, how many of you guys have blocked a three point shot? <laughs> and then like no one raised their hand. I go exactly. Unless Stay you're down. Zion, if anything, right? Like Zion's the only one I routinely saw that happen with. Right, at Virginia, right? The guy's taking a three from the corner and Zion jumps from the block. Zion, you can, Zion, you can fly around and do whatever you want, but guards specifically, how many three-pointers have you blocked? None. I guarantee you, I, has, has Trent blocked one in his career? I doubt it. Has Io blocked one in his career? I don't know, but it, it, you you put yourself in a compromising situation. I know as a shooter, when I was, when I, when I was shooting the ball, I was less comfortable when someone was contesting around my knees and around my lower body than up contesting by my face or by, and that sounds so counterintuitive, but it's weird. You get, everything stems from your lower body when you shoot. And, and when someone is, I, I, there's plenty of players that I've played against and Kendrick Nunn was really good at this. If he was closing out on you and and you went to take a three, he jabbed, he jabbed with his arm towards your knees and you moved like like kind of had this like sudden like, yeah you just have this sudden like reaction right like it's like oh yeah. man so like, it's it, it it and your legs will affect the entire shot so i know that's just such a long-winded way to say stop trying to block threes but everybody says hey get a contest that's fine you can get a contest don't leave the ground yeah like you don't need to and and i i don't know that it was just one of the things because it's one of my pet peeves in basketball sure. when like a guy with you know because I, I, I did it, right? Like, I did it. I, I say this saying that, you know, I remember being at Wright State and, you know, I flew out on a shooter and fouled him. And I remember I remember saying it to myself in the corner. I'm like, what are you going to do, block that shot? Like, come on. So, so yeah, I, I mean, there are a lot of things that, that um, luckily are correctable. Like, you can make more free throws. And you cannot, you know, go all out to contest a three and find other ways to make a shooter feel uncomfortable. And Kofi... You know, I, I get it. Like you're getting fouled, but you should be like you should be making those dunks. Like he had yeah. a couple where, and I could tell it frustrated him. You know, he's like, "How are these not going in?" And I, oh, you know, he misses the layup, gets his gets his rebound back, and now no one's around him, and he misses again. And those type of thing, <laughs> those type of things, you know, can snowball. And I thought in the second half there were so many opportunities. Like you got it to nine, you got it to eight, you got it to ten, and time and time again, I, I it was almost like everything. Everything basketball, it went, it went against everything ba- like basketball related. Where you're like, okay, are they really gonna win? Is, is are they really gonna win with Rocket Watts eighteen footers all night, <laughs> or with you know Aaron Henry thirteen foot floaters and yeah. and then Mar- Marble shooting like twelve foot baseline jumpers and yeah, I mean they yeah. all went in. So and Joey Hauser made all his threes. So yeah, Joey Hauser, <laughs> yeah, Joey Hauser made his threes, right? Yeah. So I mean he's, he's two, yeah, two for two from three and. Joey Oster has 13 points in 14 minutes on three shots. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. It's a good and, game and they, for them. And, yeah. and look, Michigan State's a team where they need these wins down the stretch. Not saying that Illinois doesn't, but 
it, it clearly looked like there was a difference between desperation tonight, if you will. Yeah, and uh, I just think you know once they got down like that, it was hard for for them to come back against a team again that's that's bigger than or better than some of the teams they've gotten down big against. Um, you know, Ohio State, Illinois wasn't able to come back. I think tonight, obviously, Michigan State hasn't been as good as Ohio State, but I don't think the talent is that. Uh, different. I, I just think Michigan State isn't playing um, quite as well. But Mike, how how do Trent Frazier said after this game, we got to learn from this. Um, you know, Brad mm-hmm. Underwood said on the flip side, and I think he's being a coach, right? Like, hey, we're still really good. They're sixteen and six, twelve and four. I think Illinois fans most know that, right? Like, I get it. Some yeah. emotional loss. Some fans tonight going, oh, we're going to lose first or second round. That could have happened even if you had a great win tonight, right? Like this, this doesn't change how good uh, this team can be. But what do they have to learn from this, or how do they bounce back from this um, against a team, Nebraska, that is is a good bounce back candidate next? Well, well, Jeremy, isn't it isn't it funny that a nine point loss in the Breslin Center is like the sky is falling? Like <laughs> yes. if you if that if that <laughs> if this was twenty seventeen um, or or you know twenty twenty. 15 or, or whatever. I mean, I mean you, you've had some you, ugly ones up there, Mike. Like, oh, they fought, they fought hard till the end. And, and now it's, it's like the, you know, they're, they're prisoners of their own success in a way where, you know, you have these games where you're playing Michigan state and, and, and before I get into what they can do to learn from this and, and how they can be better, let me put it this way. I'm watching Baylor versus Iowa state, right. And it's a two point game. Uh, you know, there's, there's two minutes left. I'm sitting there the whole time. I go, Iowa state's not winning this game. Because no one on Iowa State has been in this position and knows how to close out a game. It's the same thing with Nebraska. And Nebraska was a little too close for comfort, but I still was sitting there all game going, no one on Nebraska, and it showed on the last possession of regulation, no one on that team has been in those situations. On the flip side, Michigan State, uh, you can look and say, oh, they're 6-9 in conference, you know, 12-9 overall. They got guys who have been in that situation. Yeah. Um, and they know they have guys that know how to close out games. And I think that's, and I hate the term wake up call. It's a wake up call for Illinois. No, what this should tell you is that, you know, everybody, it's not just, Hey, we're going against a team and we know they're going to get up for this because it's Illinois. Forget that. You got plenty of teams now that are fighting for their own, you know, their own spot in the, in the standings, their own spot in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, so what are you fighting for? Uh, and I know there's a lot to play for, but it's just as human beings, I think naturally it's hard to, to come to a game and be like, we're going to play hard because we want a one seed, yeah. right? Or like, we want to play hard because we want to be Big Ten champions. It's, it's hard to, to say that because it's not a do or die. It's, hey, you know, even if we don't play well this game, hey, we're still a two seed. And even if we don't play well this game, you know, we're still at the top of the Big Ten. And that just as humans, like it's natural when you don't have like a cut and dry Michigan State comes into this game. Hey, we need to win this game or we probably don't go to or you probably don't have a prayer at the tournament. So it's a complete back, you know, backs against the wall type of game for them. So Illinois, like you have to be able to, to you know, I, 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 I wanted right there. I wanted to say adjust your mindset, but it should just be a consistent mindset. And you st- you got to stop worrying about hey, what's this game going to mean for us? Or what's this game going to mean for the standings or mean for this? Like how you play is all, and then the standings, all that stuff is a byproduct of how you play Mm -hmm. in the game. And and if you come into the game and have 
your scouting report and your core principles of this is how we play every single game. Uh, we defend, right? We take good shots. You know, we play inside out at times and, and we knock down outside shots and then boom, that's it. Keep it simple. And then it doesn't matter who you play. You have those same principles. So you don't have to worry about, oh, well, Michigan State's five and nine in conference. So, uh, you know, like you have to have consistent cornerstones. And I know they do. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm not sitting here like Brad Underwood doesn't have that. Um, but but as players, as as, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old guys like you have it's hard it's really hard i was i was in locker rooms where you can feel it like everyone knows like it's the elephant in the room right like well we know michigan state isn't playing well this year so we still have to honor it like we still have to play hard you know they're not going to back down like i've seen that i've been in the locker rooms where but it's not iowa right but but it's it's not it's hard it's 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 hard to it's just human nature and i think that what they can be better at um you know, is understanding, you know, these physical games, these teams that play with length, you know, what's that and tell, especially Mike, tonight. What's, Mike, what's that tell you about a team? Because I do feel like, you know, even though they've, they've won games, like Nebraska played down to their opponent. I don't know if that's a cliche, but they, they did. Northwestern played down to their opponent in the second half. And then Minnesota, I thought they got up for that game. Like, I think they, they looked at that record at home and, and saw who they'd beaten at home and they, they were like, all right, we got to be revved up for this one. Um, but then tonight, you know, Michigan state, I, I think is probably going to end up top eight in the conference. Like, I, I think they're better than what the yeah. record shows, but they played down. It felt like a little bit like, and it feels like Illinois has done that a little bit this year. Like they do get up for Iowa and Wisconsin and, you know, did for Minnesota the other day. Um, and, and even, you know, some games early in the season, Duke. Um, so does that say anything about them or is, is that not fair? I think it's a team that's, that's, that's learning how to win consistently. And, and, and it's easier, you know, it sounds so, I guess, trivial, but, you know, it hasn't been like this every year. I mean, uh, shoot, I was a part of it towards the end of my career in the 2015, 2016 season and on. Yeah, I mean, even before that, um, really my, the, the 2012, 2013 year, my freshman year, yeah, we won games. But we also, I mean, I still think we lost like seven out of eight in February or something crazy. And, and of course you're getting up to getting up for the Iowa games and getting up for the Wisconsin games because those are the games you've always gotten up for. And now it's, it's an adjustment where like, you need to get up for, you know, the, the team that you're, you know, that, that's five and nine in conference or you're getting up for the Michigan State. Because let's think about it. Like, you know, typically over the years, when you look at Michigan State, um, you know, you look and you say, okay, well, if we go into Breslin and, and get a win, that's a great win. And, but it's learning how to deal with, hey, you got to, like, I, I think too many times players, and they maybe think about this, maybe they don't think about this, is, they let the pressure of, man, this game will mean a lot if we lose it and not much if we win it. <laughs> and, and, and you have to understand and you can't fall into that trap. And I think, I don't know, this is me just speaking from Austin, Texas. I'm not in the locker room. I don't yeah. know. But as humans, that can happen at times where it's like, you know, but you look at Michigan State, they come into this game, they lose. Ah, you lost to the fifth-ranked team in the country. You win. Oh, my God, you beat the – be the fifth ranked team in the country. It's the complete opposite. You know, they, I mean, they're playing with house money. Right. So, you know, it all goes back to being able to have those 
those core principles every single night and just and really i mean you can't have better leaders in that locker room than io and trent and demonte and these guys and i know that probably what i'm saying i'm sure they're they're saying in the locker room too um but it's hard it's sports yeah. like it's basketball like this you know I, I, baylor i mean like i keep going back to baylor i mean baylor tonight i mean you probably have some baylor fans that are like how do we expect to win a national championship if we're beating Iowa State by four or, or well, two? Oklahoma, two? Oklahoma right now is only up three against uh, our boy Bruce, who's 2-13 and 13 at Kansas State right now. I mean, these games happen, and I think Oklahoma's probably going to find a way uh, to pull this off, though it's tied now. Like, it, it, these games happen, and Michigan State is – is good enough to to really make you pay on like some of these Nebraskas or Northwesterns uh, of the world, and um, you know that that's it's kind of a reminder that that every night, even you know Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament, you got to be up, you got to be in your P's and Q's because once you get in that tournament, Mike, like all those teams are good, all those teams are oh, are oh, capable. You win, yeah, you win. You. If you, let's say you're a two seed. I mean, you're playing a seven seed, and a seven seed who typically like. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, I mean, a high major team that probably finished in the top five in their conference, right? Um, four or five in their conference. So uh, it, it's, yeah, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. Like you're going to have games like that. And that was probably the one thing that worried me was this is really the first time that Illinois got down like that um, against an inferior opponent, uh, like Maryland, you know, you know they lost by three in Nebraska. Nebraska never got up by like fifteen. Northwestern um, did. I, yeah, Northwestern. Northwestern did. did. <laughs> and then you have like a you know an all time second half. Right. Um, but I thought Northwestern had a lot to do with that as well. Um, and Michigan State, like I, I mean, I'll keep going back to it. This Michigan State, although they're six and nine in conference, like it ain't Nebraska, it ain't Northwestern. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at Gabe Brown. I'm looking at Aaron Henry. I'm looking at you know, Josh Langford, I'm looking at guys that played in the final four mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's what's so tough and what's so tricky about, you know, about Michigan state. Cause, and, and I was thinking about this earlier, Michigan state scares me more as, as the team that plays spoiler than if they were like a contender in the conference, if that makes any sense. Like they um, scare me more than Wisconsin, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, cause, cause for whatever reason, if they were a contender in the conference, if they were top four in the conference, you're getting up for that game. But if you're not up for that game, it's like it's like the worst game to not be up for because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we're not getting up for the game that has a Hall of Fame coach on the sideline with guys that played in the Final Four. Like that, that sounds so crazy, but it's almost like what I honestly think, and not to not to hate on my fellow shorter white guy, Foster Lawyer, but <laughs> Didn't even play. they've been better. They've been better without him because they have more length out there. Um, and, and they don't feel the need to insert him in certain areas and, and kind of be at a, you know, uh, I guess, and have it be a detriment to their, to their defense at times. So yeah, man, I, dude, Michigan state's scary. I mean, they are, I, I, I think you're almost glad you got out of the way now. And, and I would hate to be the Wolverines who got to play them twice to finish out the big 10 slate and, and with like a big 10 championship on the line. Yeah. I mean, they have I mean, they have five quad one games left i believe i think indiana is still a a quad one at home for them um they have many opportunities to get back into this thing and they've won four out of their last six i know penn state's not great but that's a it's a nice win for them indiana was a nice road win for them and now they get that marquee one so yeah i I think you are getting a hot team that might have buried too big of a hole but uh they're capable of climbing out of it but this is the big 10 mike like 
I, I didn't have it in my mind that Illinois was going to run the table here, right? Like you could think about it, but no. <laughs> like seven wins in a row is really hard to do. And the hard part is you're chasing Michigan who looks like they are up there with Gonzaga and Baylor, right? Like they look mm-hmm. that good right now. And that's what you're chasing. And that's why tonight stinks is because that's probably out the window. The big 10 title is probably out the window, but you're still playing for yeah. You're still playing for a number one seed because if Oklahoma goes down, that's, that's a team falling back. Ohio state's got a really tough schedule to end the year. Maybe, um, maybe some other teams leap you here. And I, I saw Joe Lenardi, uh, had Alabama as the number five overall seed now. So, I mean, that's that's going to happen, but all these teams are playing tough teams, and that's part of going through the Big Ten. But all their all their goals are, are still on track. It's just how do you respond to it and, and just how do you play, as you said. It's just how do you play that certain night? Well, the fourth seed, I mean, the, the fourth number one seed, I think is going to be open for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think Michigan and Gonzaga and Baylor are pretty firmly – in there as as number one seed so i i mean all these teams i mean houston just lost a couple weeks ago or last week and um you know oklahoma is obviously on the ropes right now and and you know you have I, I, honestly i think alabama i think there's a lot of a lot of fool's gold going on <laughs> down there in tuscaloosa uh I, it, I i'll make the call right now i don't think i don't think alabama makes it out of I don't think they make it out of the round of 32, to be honest. Wow. Um, SEC is not know, very and, good. Yeah. It's, it's, the SEC is is interesting, um, to say the <laughs> least. And, and, and the Big Ten, I mean, really, I, I'm just looking at, as you look at Illinois' schedule, um, you know, it's, 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 it's as a fan, you know, you get caught up in, in it's, a, what, it's, it's always a what have you done for me lately uh, world, especially in, in terms of fandom. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I look, I look back and you, you win at Minnesota, you beat Wisconsin, you beat, you win in Indiana, you beat Iowa. Um, you know, obviously your, your last loss before this was like you said, over a month ago to, to a team that's, that's also vying for a one seat right now. So, um, so I, like I said, I mean, there's, I, I always said, and you know, I tweeted it after the Ohio state game back in early January and, you know, this team was never going to be a finished product in January. Um, they were never going to be a finished product in February, but uh, the reality is it's it's getting towards March now, uh, and and you just you can't have games like this. And you're gonna have teams that make shots, sure, but yeah. um, you can't have the self inflicted uh, mistakes like they had tonight. Um, you know, which is I say that, and and you could take that as a bad thing, but you could also take it as a good thing and say, hey. You know, we still kind of control our own destiny in a sense where these are these are mistakes that are correctable by us. Like if it was a situation, like I'm looking for Andre Curbelo. Uh, the end of this game, I'm looking for that to give him some confidence, not yeah. only the offensive end, on the defensive end. Because if you if you saw tonight, whoever had whoever Andre Curbelo was guarding, Tom Izzo was literally waving his arms and saying "clear out," and and I think that's it's it's the helpless feeling for Curbelo right now where guys are super confident when he's guarding them. Um, super confident. Um, so finding ways to combat that he has these dumb fouls, a couple dumb turnovers. Uh, but I thought he was the catalyst, you know, for a little bit of that comeback, um, you know, early, I mean, they got what, I mean, they got the, he had the layup force the steal, Trent gets the steal. And then I think right after that, there was a there was a questionable or there was a questionable call or was Bingham's it might have been Bingham's tip dunk, um, 
with the N one, but like, the, like there were just so many moments tonight where needed that one stop. Yep. And I felt his guys got so spread out and, and Aaron Henry was just, he was a, a floating machine. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's tonight all, looked looked really impressive. It's all about stops, and I think that's that's always a sign for me with this team is when they're locked in and together on defense. And I just didn't see it a lot tonight, even though they forced some tough shots, as you said. I do want to end here on one positive here, Mike. Before we go, yep. I think Trent Frazier has been great for the last month. Um, Fantastic. I, I know he had a couple threes late that that increased his point total here, but. The last eight games, 12.9 points per game, 41.8% from three. It wasn't enough to lead him to a victory tonight, but it was at Indiana, right? Like that kind of burst from him. We know he bothers people defensively. Sure, Rocket Watts is a little bit bigger. He's going to get some of those things at the rim every once in a while, and some guards are going to get that on him. Uh, but but he makes it really hard for those kind of guards. Uh, I just think it's it's been great to see. We know Kofi and Io, most nights are going to be good. But, but you need a third guy who can rely on it. And Trent Frazier, maybe under the radar over this last month during this long win streak, has been a big reason for that. And I thought he was really good tonight. Well, let me, let me say two things about Trent. Number one, I thought if you were going to pick one guy that was locked in tonight, it was Trent Frazier. And two, it, it, it really is. And I, th- I think people can sit there and watch it and say, you know what, Trent's a really great defender. But you know what? You know what makes someone a really good defender? Oftentimes, I'd say eighty, you know, eighty plus percent of the time, people are really good defenders because they have length. And Trent doesn't have that. Right. Like that's that's what's so amazing to me about Trent Frazier. I don't know what his wingspan is. Um, I mean, he's about six one. It might actually be shorter his than wingspan that. Wingspan is somewhere around there. Yeah, it might be shorter. If than not, that, actually, <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like he's six one with a six foot wingspan, or maybe it's even. Or, or maybe it's six one of the six two wingspan, whatever it is. That is so like I can't even dis- like begin to describe how difficult that is to be at the level he is defensively with a lack of length. Because you got I always I always say this when you think about it, right? So if I'm, you know, I'm about six feet with probably a six foot wingspan. So when I'm guarding somebody face to face, head up, and I stick my arm out, right? Like I want I want to get a hand in. Because I have a six-foot wingspan, you're inevitably closer to that player. Mm-hmm. And when you're inevitably, inevitably closer to that player, it's harder to give yourself enough ground to make up if they start driving you. Whereas if you're Brandon Paul, who is 6'3 with a 6'10 wingspan, when you stick your arm out, you, you are there close enough to contest, but your 6'10 wingspan allows you to be far enough off where you can make up the difference if they drive on you. Yeah. And, and that's why I just am so enamored and so astonished by just how great of a defender Trent is because he doesn't have – he's quick, obviously, right? And he's got great hands, but he doesn't have the length to work with. And I think that's, that's something that time and time again, whenever I get the opportunity to say it, I want to say it because it's, it's amazing. And it's, and it's just another reason why I, I think people are going to look back on his career and be like, man, it's been so impressive what he's done to go from – Hey, you're you're basically the leading scorer on the team coming in as a freshman, and then you bring Iowa and you bring Kofi in, and he's trying to find his way um, to just kind of almost being a spot up guy because um, he wasn't as as great of a defender when he came in uh, came into Illinois, and now, like I said before, like he's put it all together where he's potent offensively and he's he's arguably the best defender on the team. So, kudos, 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 kudos yep. 
to Trent Frazier. Can't say enough about it. Um, and he's going to be another guy that, you know, that they're going to depend on down the stretch. And if a couple of these guys can come along and DeMonte can bring a little bit more and Curbelo can kind of get back into the Andre Curbelo of late December, um, I think that would be huge. I think it's a, it would be a big reason why this team would be a Final Four team um, or, or even be you know a, a national champion. The bad news is you had to flush that Minnesota game quickly, even though it felt good. Yeah. But the good news is you yeah. can flush this Michigan State game quickly. Uh, but you got to bring it against Nebraska because they they give you a scare the last time. Michael Tulip, always great, man. Always appreciate your insight. And I know everybody loves hearing from you and loves your expertise. So can't thank you enough for uh, for another late night. I'm just I'm I'm sorry that we we planned this before a loss as we. Hey, I'm good. It's it's nine fifty Central Time right now. I'm I'm good. Typically, typically you and I are chatting around one a.m. around midnight. Yeah, yeah midnight or one a.m. So <laughs> all good, man. Let's go get Nebraska. All right, see you, Mike. All right, man. See you. Yeah. Great stuff from Mike Latua. I just let him go. Just when a guy's got basketball thoughts like that, you just let him go. You stay out of the way. You just set it up, stay out of the way, interject every once in a while. So I just try to let you guys uh, get as much basketball knowledge from Michael Tulip as possible. Obviously, not a great night for Illinois basketball. Derek Piper and Joey Wagner were both in uh, East Lansing at Breslin Center for this one. They'll have the latest on the Illini reaction, and, and Derek always will have his take on what this one means as well. So check out IlliniInquire.com for all the latest there. I'm about to get to work on player grades. Uh, I actually thought, you know, Trent's going to be my highest grade. I'll give you that. I I was really impressed um, with what he's been doing. But uh, obviously your two stars, Michigan State bottled them up and your bench until Andre Curbelo went going didn't give you much uh, at all tonight. And and Adam Miller had a really, really rough game against the old man, Josh Langford, who is really good, really good. Aaron Henry had a great stat line, but I just thought Josh Langford – really set the tone uh, in that game for Michigan State. And I do think they can make a run at, at a bid. They play like that. They play like the way they did at Indiana. Michigan State's got a chance. And wouldn't that be so, Tom Izzo? Sneak into the tournament as a 10 or 11 seed and make a run at this thing. It's wise, wise a Hall of Famer. So I'm not going to put it by him because they got talent. Aaron Henry's an NBA player. Lankford's a veteran. Rocket Watts has been underachieving. And, and if he gets into high gear and they just commit to giving him the ball – I think they can be pretty good because Gabe Brown, Julius Marble, I've always been a fan of Bingham just because he's so long and athletic and uh, can block so many shots. He's a difference maker. And Joey Hauser makes all the shots like he did tonight. That team uh, can be scary. So Illinois has got to find a way to bounce back against Nebraska on Thursday at State Farm Center. All right, thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, rate us, review us, wherever you get us, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. And don't forget, if you don't have a VIP membership, now is the time to do so. 50% off a VIP membership. That's more than $50 of savings. Plus, you get a complimentary subscription to CBS All Access. Great live streaming shows there. It's going to turn into Paramount, and you just get that. So as long as you have a VIP membership to Alana Enquirer, you have a subscription to CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus as well. All right, everybody, have a great night, great day whenever you're listening to this. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Alana Enquirer podcast. Sunday after the equalizer.
You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.